in preparing for this message, it was a reminder for me that some of the things I have going on in my life are due to the fact that, well, that's what I sowed in my life. What I'm reaping, whether it be a benefit or it be what seems to be a curse, I'm responsible for a lot of the things happening in my life. And so the principle we're going to look at this morning is what you are, you're going to reap what you sow, what you plant. So let's stand together as we look at Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 8. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Father, we thank you this morning that you are showing us that we need to be responsible for our actions, for our words, for our thoughts, for our likes and dislikes, for the things that we're loyal to and the things that we're not. Father, we need to really take a good look because what we're putting down now is what we are going to eventually reap in the end. Father, may we sow righteousness that we may reap that very thing. We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen and amen. This is the Greek word for sowing. It's what you plant or sow in the ground. It's what you put down. And you know what you're putting there. Uh, Growing up, uh, my dad always had a garden. And uh, as a little kid, the garden was way bigger than what it really was. Um, Because as a kid, you're out there having to uh, plant. And your father's telling you how to plant it, what to plant, how far apart to plant it. Um, you've had to prepare the soil. So you're out there, you're getting everything ready so that when you put the seed in the ground, that seed is going to come up and be exactly what you want it to be. Um, There are certain seeds, if you know anything about uh, gardening, that you can't plant close to each other because if you do, they will cross-pollinate and you'll have some weird-looking things. We found out that squash is pretty cool. You can put some certain squash plants together and get some weird-looking squash. Um, You can get all types of of, of odd things, but if you truly want what you're going to put in the ground to come back up, you sow it, understanding the the seed, knowing what you're putting in the ground, then you're going to take care of that seed, you're going to water it, you're going to make sure that the ground around it is good soil, you go out, and and I don't know about y'all, but the one part of gardening that I hated more than anything else was having to pull the grass, right? Once you planted that, you get everything right. And then not only does the seed that you planted begin to come up out of the ground, but so does all the grass. And my dad thought that the grass around the seed would choke out its life, so he thought we had to go pick up and pull all the grass out of the garden. Hated that job because you're on your hands and knees, right? You're down there and you're having to get... And every now and then when you're an ADHD child, I would have been labeled that back in the 90s, 80s, 90s. Now I'm just ADD because the H is gone. But um, you get all those things, and if you're not paying attention, what else do you pull up? You pull up the very plant that you're trying to protect. And then your father helps motivate you not to do that again, 
right? So you have planted in the ground, you've taken care of that seed, you have done all that you can, and when it's time, you're looking at that, that plant as it's growing, and you realize that the squash you planted is an actual squash, the okra you planted is an actual okra stalk, uh, the corn you planted is there, all the things that you planted. Why? Because that's what you put in the ground, and that's what you expected to get. And it's the same idea that, that Paul is speaking to about here to the church in Galatia that, listen, what you're planning in life, what you're putting in, the, in your own life, what you're putting in the soil of your life, what you're putting in the soil of your children's lives, that is the very thing that you will reap or harvest. If you want your child to have a different life than you had growing up, then you need to plant new seeds in the life of your child. If you want your family to be better than the family that you grew up in, then you need to plant better seeds in your own life. If we act like our parents and we didn't like how they acted, guess what your child's probably going to do? They're going to learn to act just like you. I'm telling you, there's no question that my daughter is just like her mother. I'm telling you, 100%. No, that's not true. Our daughter is a lot like her father, without a doubt. And it's what's been planted in her life. It's what she knows. She has the preciousness, though, the, the, the sweet spirit of, of her mother. And then she has the issues of her father. <laughs> Are we a little crazy sometimes? Sean, is she a little bit crazy sometimes? You go, please. <laughs> He's like, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm not going to say a word. What we put into the life of our Children, we're going to reap that. We put it in our own life. We're going to reap that. We're going to talk about reaping exactly what we have sown. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, here's, here's the reality. For the wages of sin is what? Death. You and I, in our flesh, the way that we act, the way that we talk, the way that we live life, in our flesh, our wage is death. What we have earned because of our sinfulness, because of our selfishness, because of our flesh is death. We are going to all die. I have done way too many funerals in the past 12 months. Why? Because everyone is going to die. That is a reality. And death is not just because we're getting older. Death is a transaction of what has happened. It is, it is the... It is what we receive. It is our reality. The wages of sin. The wages of what we have sown in our life. The wages of our action is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We sow the seed of death when we sin. And as we learned last week, we don't have to teach someone to sin. It comes naturally. Sin is a very natural thing. It's who, unfortunately, we are, especially when we're younger. And that leads us to death. Every one of us is going to die. That is just a reality. We also see here in Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. How many of you have ever had a great idea that ended in absolute disaster? I've done this even for the church where I thought, man, I know better. I've got the greatest idea ever. I'm going to go and I'm going to do this 
And God's like, I don't want you to do this. This is not my plan, but I do it anyway. And the next thing you know, it ruins everything. There's a way that seems right to a man. There's things that you've done. There's things that you and I do on a regular basis. And as far as we're concerned, they're okay. They're all right. We need those things. We have to have those things. But in the end, they lead to death. We are sowing things that seem right to us. But they're not right. I keep hearing this from people. I'm a good person. I'm a good person. No, we're not good people. We are naturally not good people. We are naturally evil. And there's a way that seems right to us. If we think that we're good, we have not judged rightly. Who do we judge ourselves against? Our neighbor? No. Our parents? No. Who do we judge ourselves against? Christ. Christ. Now, if I judge myself against one of you in this room, one of us might feel better about ourselves, right? Matter of fact, it might shock you, but some of you may feel better if you judge yourself against me. If we judge ourselves against man, we can easily find that we're better than a lot of people, but that thinking is wrong, and in the end, it leads to death. Part of our problem is that we're sowing seeds that are no good. How many of you sow seeds of anger? Anybody do that? Just flat out, man, I, that's it. I get angry, I get mad, and I'm sowing that seed and it's coming out. And then when people respond to us in anger, we get even more angry. But yet, who sowed the first seed? Who got angry first? We don't understand, we don't like when people get mad at us, but yet we get mad, we get angry, we get upset, and what we sow, we will reap. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All of us in here have sown seeds of death. We have sinned, it's coming. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are not where we desire to be, we are not where we need to be. There is something that we have done in our life that has left us short of what God expects of us and what God desires of us. We were designed to bring God glory and honor and praise, and we all fall short in this. If we sow seeds of bitterness, what are we going to get? Bitterness. I grew up watching people who were very bitter. Bitterness ruins families. Bitterness ruins lives. People that are never, ever happy. They can never find any good thing in a situation. And when you're around these type of people, they are sowing these seeds and they themselves become more and more bitter And if you continue to hang around people that are like this, what's eventually going to happen to you? It's going to start.
All righty, there we go. Sorry about that. I've talked so much that it just died. My wife just laughed at that. That was, that hurt. <laughs> I was actually kicked out of my own house this morning because I was talking too much. Kind of hurt a little bit. It's like, can you go to the church now? When we sow, whatever we sow, we're going to reap. If I sow kindness, I should reap what? The benefit of kindness. It may not be from others, but in my own heart, there's kindness. I recently did a funeral for a lady who I know has one of the biggest hearts you'll ever have met in your life. If, if you met those people who just give and give and give, and this woman gave and gave and gave. She took care of the sick in her community. She took care of those who... Um, needed especially in the school she was a teacher and she just she took care of children who had much less and she was in a school district where a lot of the children uh, native american children did not have a lot Um, they just school was an outlet for them and she made sure that they had what they needed but in the last year of her life some of you may be like why are you sharing this because you're actually going against what your your sermon says In the last year of her life, out of all the kindness that she's shown, most people had forgotten that she was sick. They didn't come by to check on her. They didn't come by and and see how she was. They didn't call the house to say, hey, how are things? Some of you might be like, well, how in the world did did she reap the kindness? Because, folks, I'm going to tell you something. She kept telling her children, I will see Christ. Can you think of any kinder eyes to look upon you than those of your Savior, Jesus Christ? She wasn't worried about reaping the benefit upon the earth. She was looking at the benefit of what she was going to reap in heaven. She saw the beauty of doing right by those when she was upon the earth because she knew that she had already been done right by God. Because when you see all have sinned, yet Christ sent his son to die for those who had sinned. What does it do whenever we sow sin? What happens whenever you and I are sowing things that we should not be sowing? Isaiah 59, 2 says, But your iniquities have made a separation between you and your God. When we sow seeds of sin, there's a separation. There's there's something that's happening with our relationship between us and God. It's not that God is moving away. It is that we are moving away from God. In our sin, when we are sowing seeds of sinfulness, we are moving away from the Lord. And he says, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. How many of you have ever sowed bitterness, bitterness, bitterness? You've sowed anger, you've sowed sin, you've sowed all types of things that are wrong. And then all of a sudden you need God and it's like God's not there. Why might that be? It might be because as a believer, God has said, I'm going to let you see what it's like. I'm going to let you experience what you're sowing. I'm going to allow you to reap what you're sowing and find that, that it feels as though I am miles and miles away until you're ready to admit that this is your problem, your fault. So many of us blame God when things aren't going well. But we don't want to look in the mirror and say, you know what, I'm just reaping what I have sown. We see Psalm 66, 18. It says, if I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened 
what the psalmist is saying is if I had sown iniquity, if I had been give, doing things I should not have done, God would not have listened. But because I am trying to do right, I'm sowing the seeds of righteousness, I'm sowing the seeds of faithfulness, God has heard me. Folks, if we want to have a better walk with God, we need to be sowing those seeds of faith, sowing those seeds of kindness, sowing those seeds of love, sowing those seeds of forgiveness. Because there might be a reason that God seems miles and miles away. When we sow sin, we reap sin. A lot of men and women who wind up having an affair, they say that eventually what, 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 what happened in the beginning was this. They began to think, what would it be like without my spouse? The grass looked greener on the other side. And so they started looking and they started focusing upon what it would be like to be with someone else. And eventually, guess what happened? They wound up with someone else because they did not control. They just kept sowing that seed in their mind of, oh, if I could just be with someone else. If, oh, if I just had someone else. And the next thing you know, they got what they asked for and found out it wasn't as good as they thought. We sow these seeds, we put these things in the ground, and then we expect something different to come up. You, you reap what you sow. If you sow unfaithfulness, you'll be unfaithful. If you sow anger, you'll be angry. If you sow bitterness, you'll be bitter. Our words, think about that for a minute. James 3, 6 says, and the tongue is a fire. A world of unrighteousness. Anybody ever said something they wish they could have taken back, but it was too late? I mean, it's just, it's flying out of the mouth. The tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. With the tongue, we sow so much unrighteousness. Tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body. No matter how good you can, no matter how good you've done, with one word, can you not ruin it all? Setting on fire the entire course of life and set on fire by hell. Man, be very careful because your words, your words can be very hurtful and hateful. And when we plant those seeds out there, we're, when we speak into someone's life, whether it be good or bad, we are planting seeds in their life. I have heard parents look at a child and say, I wish you were never born. Parent, if you've ever said that to your child, you better sit your child down and begin to beg for forgiveness. And tell them how sorry you are. Because they already know how sorry you are for saying it. And I don't mean like you feel bad. They just look at you as being a sorry parent. But we sow those seeds in, into the lives of our children. And you can sow a seed of goodness or you can sow a seed that is set on fire by hell. My wife and I have seen relationships fall apart with parents when they're when the parent with parent and child, when parents plant seeds of anger and hatred towards their children. And believe me, you can easily set your child on fire by what you say to them. 
there's a problem we have with planning things. We are planting things and hoping something different happens. If your child messes up and you look at your child and you plant this into their mind, you stupid idiot. I know I'm not supposed to say that from the pulpit. But that's what your child hears all the time. What do you think they're going to believe? They're going to believe that that's who they are. Or at least they're going to believe that that's what you think of them. We're planting these seeds into the minds of our children, and we're wondering why the relationship between us and our children are so bad, why things are so messed up. It's because we're planting these seeds, and we're not getting our child to where they need to be. If you plant bitterness into your child, you're going to get a bitter child. If your child sees anger, you're going to get an angry child. If the child watches a parent do nothing but plant bad seeds in their life, what do you think that child's going to do? They're going to mimic the parent. A few years ago, we raised a garden here at the house. Y'all know who I called? My dad. I said, Dad, I got to figure this out. How do I do this? And my dad didn't laugh at me. My dad didn't go, Son, you're going to plant a garden? Instead, my dad was kind of proud of it at that moment, and he said, hey, here's what you need to do. And he just began to tell me all that needed to happen in that garden. And he was right, because we raised a great garden. It was a lot of fun. It was good. But I knew where to go, because I knew that my dad knew exactly what to do. Your child should be able to come to you as a parent, because you have planted good seeds in their life. They should long to come back to you. They should long to, to come and seek your advice, because you have done well by them. You have planted in their life the things that they've needed to hear, the things that they've needed to know. That child should come back to you and say, Mom, Dad, here's where I'm at in life. But for some of you, you've already planted bad seeds into the life of your children, and your child is no longer close. How do you correct that? Part of it is you go back and you admit you planted bad seeds. And you've got to fix it. We should be different people. We have spent the majority, a lot of us have spent the majority of our life planting bad seeds. Listen to what Ephesians chapter 2 says. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 3 says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. We were dead because of what we have sown. We have sown sin. We have sown corruption. And therefore we get it. We get death in the end. And it says here in Ephesians 2 though that he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. In which you once walked according to the course of this world. We used to plant seeds according to how the world planted seeds. All we cared about was ourselves. There were selfish seeds. They were how does this affect me? That's all we cared about. And then we see this, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. We once walked on the side of Satan. We once planted the seeds of Satan is what he's saying. And then look at this, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh. We once all planted seeds in the flesh, all the, the seeds that were corrupt and were, were not good. We planted those in our lives. And we were fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. We once planted those seeds. That's who we used to be. But 
we have changed. Why? Because God has planted within us the seed of salvation, the seed of righteousness, the seed of hope. Something has transformed the believer into something that we never thought we could be. We were once by nature children of wrath. He says, just as the others. In other words, he's recognizing that they're no longer that way. He sees the church as planting good seed, positive seed, righteous seed. What have you planted in your life? What have you planted in the life of your child? If we were to take your children away from you and promise them not to tell your parents what we were going to you know what their answers were going to be i wonder what your children would say what kind of seeds do your parents plant when they're at the house he says do not be deceived galatians chapter 6 verse 7 god is not mocked you get that part for whatever one sows that will he also reap if we reap anger bitterness, drunkenness, gossip, then we're going to reap death. Not just a physical death. It could be the death of relationships, the death of a calling that God put upon our life. What you and I sow we eventually reap. There are men and women in this room who have reaped just, just absolute destruction in their life. But now that they're with Christ, now that they're following God, they will tell you they would never go back to the way it used to be. Just remember this. Children learn how to sow I messed that. See, I still mess that one up, didn't I? He's going to fix it, though, in the back because he's good. But children learn how to sow and reap from their parents. Think about that for a moment. What are you teaching your children? Remember, I went back and asked my dad, Dad, how do I do this garden? Why? Because if there's one thing my father knows, it is how to work the garden. The way that you and I act around our children, the way that we sow what we have shown them is important in life. Would you want your children to come back and ask you? Let me ask you this question. By the way that you have walked with Christ, would your children know beyond a shadow of a doubt how to make it to heaven? What you and I sow is what we reap. And our children learn how to sow and reap from their parents. Sometimes you'll hear of a teacher who has a child who is just out of control. They'll have a child in their classroom that's just absolutely disruptive. Sometimes those children just have some issues. Sometimes they're mental issues. Sometimes they're a direct result of how they're raised. 
A lot of our young men and women today, our little kids, are raised without a father in the home. They don't understand what leadership looks like. They don't understand what good parenting looks like. What are you doing to change the life of your child? Because what you sow today, your child will learn to sow and they become an adult. That's a scary thought, isn't it? But it's a reality. When you look at your child and they have the same failures that you have as an adult, when they become an adult, that's learned behavior. I'm asking us to consider fixing that now by admitting that we have our own faults. And we need to sow better seeds in the life of our children. But don't let what your parents do be an excuse for your behavior either. Because you have a responsibility to God to fix what was broken. It's tough. But I'm telling you that if we will sow seeds of righteousness just as that sweet lady did that I buried recently. What it's done to us on earth won't matter because our true reward will come when we're able to stand before the Lord and hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Father, we ask this morning that you would speak to us, that you would allow us to know what seeds to plant, how to plant them, where to plant them, whose lives to plant them in, Lord, those that we have put bad seed in, God, may you show us and reveal that to us so that we can go back and make right what we have wronged. Possibly dig up all the way down to the roots of the bad seed we planted in someone's life so that we can turn around and plant good seed in their life. Lord God, just show us today what we need to get right so that we're not bitter, so we're not looking somewhere other than what's in our own home. Lord God, just show us today. Teach us today how to plant good seeds. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.